What's up? It's your host, Torian, who is ready to be petty. Look who the cat dragged in. So glad to be back. And my apologies for the accidental six-week hiatus. If you've been around here (laughs) for a while, you are no stranger to the accidental six-week RTBP hiatus. And I hope over all of this time you have come to... I was going to say love, but I hope you don't love them. (laughs) But, you know, accept it for for what it is. But I'm happy to be back. Today, I am going to chat a little, like, give a few updates from my last episode with Maddie from the Parked Car Convos podcast and then chat a lot about TV, really, that I've been watching lately. And I have a conspiracy theory for you all and then a baby name that I want to talk shit about so let's get into it so updates from last episode the Met Gala happened and there was all of that anti-vax like Nicki Minaj shit that I just don't have time for on this podcast we've got a lot to get through so I'm not going to talk about that but I obviously saw that but there was like kind of three things that really stood out to me from the Met Gala a Dixie D'Amelio wore such a cute dress it gave me um like real Audrey Hepburn vibes but Casey Musgraves like literally the night before wore the same designer and basically the same dress in a different color to the MTV movie awards or music awards or whatever and I just kind of felt bad for her because it's like her first Met Gala and then she kind of like is done dirty by like the designer and like I don't know if she knew that that was gonna happen so I thought she looked great and Casey looked great the other thing that stood out to me was Justin and Haley there was like rumored pregnancy speculation around this couple because he like when they were on the red carpet he had his hand on her tummy and she removed it and said don't make it look obvious or at least that's what like people like lip read I will say I have become such a good lip reader in my time reading and watching red carpets and like celeb gossip videos and stuff because like sometimes there's like no audio so you just have to like you know figure it out yourself but that's what she apparently said and then At the after party, when she walked out to all of the paparazzi, she was carrying a bottle of 818 tequila. And people might say, oh, maybe she's just supporting her best friend, Kendall. But it kind of seems like, you know, that ploy that a lot of pregnant women do on like talk shows or whatever, like is pretend to have a sip of champagne or whatever to prove that they're not pregnant. So... I don't know why I said talk shows. I feel like I'm thinking specifically of the horrendous Mariah Carey and Ellen DeGeneres moment. But like I kind of mean more like reality TV and stuff. Like I feel like the Kardashians have done this and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, curious to see how this turns out. I've been reading a lot of, again, more blind items and rumors that they aren't doing super well. And Justin is like super difficult to live with. So, yeah, just curious if they're bringing a child into the world. The other and like I think I was doing an A, B, C situation, but 
the third story that kind of stuck out to me from the Met Gala was Kim Kardashian's dress. It was brutal, like absolutely brutal. And it really reminded me of morph suits. Remember when like guys thought it was super fucking cool in like 2010 to wear a morph suit and they were like all like super skinny because they're like 16 and you can just see like the outline of their dick and it's horrendous. That's what like the vibe of her dress was. It was kind of like a fly costume. Remember when her family dressed up as bugs? It was like that but in morph suit material and I did say maybe famously on this podcast that she still looked hot as like a fucking fly or whatever she dressed up as like a caterpillar or something like that a moth maybe but honestly this wasn't it (laughs) and there's these like insane rumors that she sent a body double because she's like an anti-vaxxer and couldn't attend the event but she was at all the after party stuff so I don't think that's the case but if that is is what the world has come to (laughs) like it is I don't know we are way too far gone anyways one more dig at those fucking boys that would wear morph suits if they saw this dress and like got their like not comeuppance what is it like They just like got on their high horses and like (laughs) thought that they were redeemed from the absolute atrocities of 2010. That is just not the case. I hope none of those people are doing well in this life. Rolling into more Kardashian news. Maddie and I on the last episode talked about the nail uh, TikTok situation Um, where people were speculating that Kylie Jenner was pregnant and she is. Congrats to Kylie and Travis. Super interesting. I would I would be curious to see what their like parenting dynamic is or like does this mean that they're back together? But Stormy, I reluctantly will admit, is probably the cutest kid, celebrity kid. I'm not going to do my baby cousins (laughs) disservice here but Stormy is probably the cutest celebrity kid I have ever seen in my entire life she seems like so well behaved she's like so cute seems so smart um so I'm just yeah can't wait for baby number two and of course in Kardashian fashion there are some wild rumors about what the name is going to be and you know RTBP will report on that not I'm not going to say first thing maybe 10th or 11th in line to break that news maybe more but you know we'll be talking about it here Kim is hosting SNL this weekend. I'm stoked. I like have a weird affinity for some SNL like skits and stuff. I think just because my parents love watching SNL. So I'm just, yeah, excited to see what Kim does because I think obviously like her monologue will be great. She's like obviously a good public speaker. I actually think she's really funny, but I'm curious to see like, her acting and stuff in the sketches I was gonna call them skits but then I felt like the 
sketch comedy <laughs> um <laughs> the sketch comedy listeners of this podcast <laughs> would have gotten gotten upset so yeah I am just really looking forward to watching that I feel like she might be like a little bit stiff and awkward because I'm thinking back to her like you know dance routine with the pussycat dolls dancing with the stars I think she had like a cameo in like scary movie five or something like that and we just saw Courtney and he's all that and so I don't have high hopes really is what I'm just trying to trying to say here. She's also been seen with Kanye a lot at his Donda listening sessions out and about on the town. And I'm curious if they're still back together. She is using the Kim Kardashian West name on, you know, all of her stuff still. She announced that they're doing like a KKW rebrand, but it seems like She's still using Kim Kardashian West, which like as we know from the Chris Humphreys situation where she like didn't want to change her name and stuff, it's obviously a big deal. So I thought if they were getting divorced, she would quickly change it back to Kim Kardashian. So I'm wondering if they put the divorce on pause right now and maybe are just seeing how things go or they're just living separately and Maybe we'll reconcile one day. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that they'll get back together? Or do you think that the news of their divorce or separation, because I don't think they've filed the papers, is going to 100% stick? And I think the last piece of like messy Kardashian news that I want to touch on is Scott and Amelia broke up and it seemed to happen right after Scott slid into Eunice's DMs who was the French model that Courtney was dating a few years ago and was just being messy, like basically saying that Travis and Courtney were hoeing it up in like on their Italy trip or all around the city and stuff like that. And it was just really gross. And then Eunice like outed him and put it on socials. So that seemed really messy and then it seemed like like the next day Amelia announced their breakup or not her specifically but all of the news outlets had picked it up. So very interested to see who he will date next. I do like there is a part of me and I hate this because Scott is like a gross old man dating like teenagers but I don't know I always have this soft spot and as I am verbalizing right now that is like so gross so I'm gonna sit with that don't think that that went unchecked (laughs) but yeah he's just been around the family for so long and I think he just really loves Courtney so so much and I think the death of his parents and his addiction issues with drugs and alcohol you know, just got in the way. And I feel like he probably has a lot of regrets about that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of sad seeing that he's, yeah, still salty about Kravis. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at that (laughs) before I dig myself into a deeper hole. So on to all of the TV that I've been watching. And maybe this is why I've been like, I don't want to say fully depressed, but just like, you know, staying in a lot. (laughs) Maybe that could be contributed to all of these TV shows that I've been watching. But the first one I watched was the D'Amelio show. I bought 
Disney Plus for this. And I will say, I talked about this on the Lisa Rants podcast. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go check it out. But I was really conflicted watching this TV show, to be honest. It was really interesting to see how these like extremely privileged girls lived their life, but still had like these like deep mental health issues. I think I also just thought that the D'Amelio show was going to be, you know, Kardashian-esque. And obviously the Kardashians have covered some really heavy topics on their show, like the inability to get pregnant, Caitlyn Jenner coming out as a trans woman, Scott's addiction issues, divorce, the death of uh, Robert Kardashian. So obviously they've covered it, a lot of issues, but this show was really compared to the Kardashians. And I feel like the Kardashians have such a lighter vibe where this show was actually like really heavy. It covered a lot of like anxiety, depression, um, some suicidal ideation, body image and like relationship to food type things. So I was really impressed by how like articulate Dixie and Charlie could express their feelings around anxiety and depression and stuff and give them all the props for you know using their platform to bring awareness to these types of struggles but it was so tough to watch because it's like they have these very loving parents and their parents are verbalizing that they want their kids to live normal lives, but then also like signing up for them to do like a thousand, you know, merch deals, this TV show, award shows, the podcast, just like their clothing line, like all of that stuff. And it's so weird. Um, I just think about a lot of the child stars that became the monetary, like the financial foundation of their family. Like their their parents quit their jobs and they moved to LA, which I was surprised they moved to LA in 2020. It seems like so late in their, I don't know, like TikTok stardom. And it just really shows like the immediacy and quick like nature of their rise to fame. I just feel like the pressure of these child stars being the financial backbone of their family is really challenging and seeing more of this was really eye-opening when you think of people like Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff and uh, just a bunch of those girls who came up kind of yeah out of nowhere and their parents were um, like reliant on their children's money and just the harms that can come out of this. I know Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly is also talked about this a lot like I had a job since I was like five and I felt like I didn't want to do this anymore because it felt like a job it wasn't like a fun acting thing but I was the financial provider like breadwinners for my family so all like I knew all of this like came down to me and yeah it was just really interesting to watch on tv in a way that like even the tv show seemed like a little bit exploitative so it was just like a bunch of 
I don't know, not juxtapositions, but not irony. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just, I don't know, a bunch of situations that seemed like hypocritical of each other. After watching this TV show, I also was just thinking about a lot of stars who came up and became famous because they were relatable, which a lot of social media platforms like YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok can like really allow you to, to, to show how you're relatable but then kind of stars losing their way when they become rich and famous and therefore not relatable to people like I feel like Emma Chamberlain and I maybe the Dixie and Charlie are feeling this too but they have just kind of you know had I don't want to say struggled to find their niche but like had a few bumps in the road because their content prior to becoming famous was like them dancing in their like suburban bedroom which obviously millions of people can relate to versus all of a sudden now they're doing their TikTok dances in like a 20 million dollar house in designer clothes which seems less relatable so at least for me, can't, can't, don't want to speak on your behalf, but yeah, I'm just curious to see how these stars who built their careers on relatability, like adapt to becoming famous. I think the last thing I'll say about the D'Amelio show is their clothing line at Hollister, I think, uh, called Social Tourist is fugly. It looks like merch. It's, I don't know it's just really extremely ugly (laughs) and it yeah it seems like a merch line that just like a clothing store picked up but it's really horrendous and I think like geared to like 14 year olds which I guess that's fair that's probably their audience but overall really actually enjoyed them and the show but it made me think and I don't always like doing that Um, but if you have Disney plus I actually recommend you checking it out okay obviously because I have Disney plus now I had to binge high school musical the musical the series and I am shocked at how long it took me to watch this because I obviously was obsessed slash still am obsessed with high school musical and loved the first season of the show and season two was such a letdown there was lots of Nini and Ricky storylines that were weird like when she goes viral on Instagram and he's like jelly that she's like changing and she wants people to call her Nina and stuff and a lot of their scenes like just aren't filmed together so obviously that's weird And Nini turns into kind of like a girl power girl boss. Like, I don't know. There's just like a lot of stories of her being like really like girl boss. And it's just annoying, (laughs) to be honest. So not only were the storylines bad, but the music was just straight up bad. I still listen to all the fucking bangers on HSM 1, 2, and 3. I listened to some off of season one of High School Musical, the musical of the series. I will be listening to zero of the songs from season two. As I'm saying that, I might listen to the Rose song. (laughs) But I think I fast forwarded through literally all of them. They were very Glee-like. Obviously, this show draws a lot from Glee. But this was like all of the bad aspects of Glee. And they were doing like those full-on performances. I felt like in season one. And correct me if I'm wrong because... Obviously, I did watch this in December 2019, but 
a lot of the songs in season one were like the types of songs and I know that there's a certain word for this but where it could have been real life like it's in an audition or it's in the musical performance or it's a song that a character is singing for another person where I felt like in this season all of them were like turned into fake musical numbers that were like imagined in their heads and I just like that a lot less. They also had the benefit in season one of using all of the HSM songs and Disney songs and in this season they did a few of the Beauty and the Beast songs which were definitely the better ones but the rest were all originals and they were just like absolute flops and then the last thing I will say is overall it was sad (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo in the like closing credits the cast like sings a you know impromptu but very much not impromptu version of you are the music in me from uh, high school musical 2 and she is just sobbing and I'm curious to see if that's because of everything that happened to her that season with like the breakup with Josh or if it's because she thinks it's her last season and I know that producers and like execs of the show have said like we wouldn't want to hold her back from like other opportunities and stuff and it's like sounds like she's being written off so we will see with what happens in season three Okay, actually, one more thing about this. I felt like also, (laughs) looking at my notes, I'm like, I just, I want to say one more thing. I felt like a lot of this movie had fake plot or scenes or words that inferred that, this is hard to say, but I feel like in a lot of Disney TV shows, they do a really good job of, you know, making scenes nostalgic or comforting um, I felt like this felt really forced. Like there's a scene with Nini and Ricky and they're in a treehouse and they're like, you know, remember when we were kids and we used to hang out in the treehouse and like that's very like Disney Channel plot line, but it just felt like forced and awkward and Nini started calling Ricky Richard which is like obviously his full name, but I don't think she did that in season one and obviously like If you think about real life, you can develop nicknames or like call people by different names, like just as time moves on. But it just felt like these forced things like we're going to have Nini use a nickname for Ricky here to show that they are close. But it it just didn't come off that way. Like everything seemed really false. So like, you know, those callbacks that they do that I feel like usually work really well, like, oh, you know, like my family's history with the pizza joint that has been in our you know grand grandmama's (laughs) tomato sauce recipe like they tried to have that with big red and stuff but it just didn't it just didn't work it it felt forced and rushed and fake now that I'm talking about big red I also just want to say big red and his girlfriend who I can't believe I'm forgetting her name in this moment, but they became the like lead romantic like storylines because Nini and Ricky were having issues. And I just, I want to say they can hold the show, but they're just not the, the magnetic, you know, leads like Nini and Ricky are. 
That's fucking scathing. So I'm going to quickly move on to The Bachelor. (laughs) Fucking brutal. (laughs) So I haven't been watching Bachelor in Paradise, a full disclosure, but I wanted to follow up just like, again, I feel like I'm really outing myself as like (laughs) someone who's empathizing with bad people on this episode, but I kind of feel low-key bad for Brendan and Piper from Bachelor in Paradise. If you didn't follow that drama, it is probably the most interesting and nuanced and just like groundbreaking drama that has actually ever happened on The Bachelor or at least in recent history. If you like need the TLDR, basically a couple who was dating prior to filming the TV show went on and pretended that they didn't date. He had to date someone else in the meantime because that's how you stay on the show. He did this girl really dirty They got caught when Piper eventually arrived on the beach and everyone was really upset, Natasha included, which was completely valid. And then they ended up leaving the show early. He lost like a hundred or 200,000 Instagram followers. Natasha gained like a a hundred thousand to 200,000 followers and they just I don't think we'll ever be able to like recover from that financially Tiger King a reference but it seems like they broke up and why I'm saying I empathize with them even though I think like especially Brendan is an awful person it just really felt like it was like we're in this together we're doing this together and then like the fact that they broke up just seems sad I feel like because you know, you don't want anyone to break up because it seemed like they had a, a great relationship prior to the show because of something dumb like Bachelor in Paradise. And yes, they did try to game the system and that was shady as fuck and they got called out for it, which like may alter the course of the entire TV series. But yeah, just uh, Piper unfollowed Brendan so people are saying that they broke up so this like information about this story forthcoming we'll see what actually happens and then the last Bachelor Nation news story that I want to talk about is Dale and Claire broke up again for the second time apparently he possibly had hooked up with fan fave Abigail in like January, February before Dale and Claire like got back together, but maybe he didn't tell her. And then she found out through fucking Demois blind items. And then he like left to go home or something like that because they were in Sacramento. And then she like went to the public and said they were broken up and like blocked him and stuff and he didn't know until he like got off the the plane or like there's just so much drama Claire tagged Abigail in their like breakup post and people are like still speculating if that was an accident or like real like trying to throw shade at her it's just so much drama I think the moral of this story really is Dale and Claire are two fucking drama queens and they deserve each other because all of this stuff like going to the press and stuff before like just talking to one another seems absolutely wild so Dale and Claire get your house in order (laughs) and leave Abigail out of this 
A few honorable mentions to the TV shows that I've been watching before we move on to my conspiracy theory is I watched Starstruck on HBO Max. Highly recommend. Easily entered my like top 10 TV shows of all time in its six short episodes. I will be doing a rewatch and I rarely rewatch TV. It's so funny. It's so heartfelt. It's just so great. It's cast perfectly. It takes place in London. So there's like cool London scenes and stuff. It's just 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. And no, I will not be watching Squid Game. If one more fucking person mentions it to me, I will absolutely lose my shit. It is way too scary and just like not of interest to me. I did watch On My Block season four and that was really cute. That was a nice wrap up. Season three of The Circle is on my to-do list. I finally watched Ted Lasso. I am up to date. There was a new season of Survivor out so I am a happy gal and I am currently watching Starcrossed also on Disney Plus. So so much good TV happening right now. If you're watching any of these shows and want to chat about them with me, DM me. I would love to have a little goss sesh. Okay, my conspiracy theory is about Ben Platt and the Dear Evan Hansen movie. (laughs) Will I be watching this movie? No. Did I watch the Broadway play? No. It looks not great to be honest I don't know why it's like has worldwide acclaim but he's 28 and I actually get like okay like his dad made this movie from the Broadway play he was the one that like originated in the role like I totally get why they'd want to cast him but there's all this like drama because he is 28 playing like a 16 year old and for some reason the costume the hair and the makeup aged him like an additional 20 years and he looks so old in the movie like literally older than he looks in like the press interviews and stuff like that so obviously like twitter etc went absolutely wild with this but I would like to make a counterpoint that why he didn't get away with this is because he is not hot (laughs) like I think he's actually like a good looking guy but he's just like not hot in like the leading male like traditionally classically good looking type of way because there's so many fucking people who played high school students that are so old but like no one really talked about it or they talked about it like briefly but then like never again because they're hot So here are some examples that I wrote. Like I literally looked at the wiki like on Wikipedia, their age and of like when they started their TV shows. Chris Crawford of Gossip Girl fame. He's 26 now, which surprised me. Maybe this is wrong. (laughs) I feel like I did this wrong. I am 26 now, 22 at the season one of Gossip Girl. That has to be wrong. (laughs) I think I meant he's 36 now. He was 22 at season one of Gossip Girl. 22 playing like a 15-year-old. Darren Bennett, who is one of the loves of my life, is 30 For season two of Never Have I Ever, again, playing a senior in high school. Cole Sprouse of Riverdale and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody fame. 
is 29 now. He was 25 at like at the start of season one of Riverdale, which is like so fucking old. I had to throw in a woman just to be fair. Rachel McAdams is 42 now. She was 26 when she played the iconic role of Regina George in Mean Girls. Who else can you think of that was like really old but hot so they got away with playing a high schooler? When I was thinking about talking about this conspiracy theory, I was thinking of none other than Jason Earls. And I think he's been brought up on this podcast. So this wouldn't be the first time we've talked about him. But Jason Earls was a 29-year-old playing a 16-year-old. The titular role of Jackson Stewart in Hannah Montana. He is 44 now. What I'm concerned about is, was he a 29-year-old playing a 16-year-old and then his, like, love interests were 16? Like, I think that's the shit that makes me worried. But I remember when, because everyone just assumed he was, like, 16, like Miley was, and Emily Osmond and Mitchell Musso and shit like that. They were all in their fucking teens. He was 29. I'm 29 now. It'd be, like, me hanging out with 16-year-olds who look like, absolute babies babes like it's just it blows my mind but because this was in the Facebook era I remember finding out he was 29 going on Facebook and joining Facebook groups where the title of the Facebook groups would be like Jason Earls is 29 and playing a 16 year old and just like the funniest shit and I tried to look some of them up to see if a I was still a member of these Facebook groups but b if I could find the titles because I'm not doing them justice but I could not at all if you are a current present day member of a Facebook group exposing Jason Earls as a 29 year old when he played a 16 year old on Hannah Montana, please slide into my DMs. I would love to talk. Anyways, Ben Platt, not hot. And so he's not getting away as playing like a 15-year-old or whatever he is in Dear Evan Hansen. And that's on pretty privilege. <laughs> I need someone like hyping me up, being like, speak on it. Like, uh, maybe my next guest will indulge me. Okay. Let's wrap up. No, this week in Petty, I've been an absolute angel, which is not true. I just <laughs> didn't prep anything. Uh, this week in Petty will return uh, sometime soon. We're going to wrap up with a baby name watch. I feel like baby names are becoming like a thing at RTBP. I've talked about it on many, many episodes uh, like my one with Claire Parker and Preston from Global Unknowns but recently Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson had their baby and they named him Cosmo. Thoughts? I do not like. I don't know. It's just weird. It seems super super hippy dippy. I think it's Italian. I do not know if either Colin or Scarlett are Italian but yeah do not love it just sounds yeah hippie and I just don't like space things I I just I don't know it just reminds me of like astrology and co-star and 
And naming your kid something weird just because you're famous and like you can. Like why didn't you name your kid something normal and then you could just like nickname him Cosmo? As I don't know. I feel like I've also heard like Cosmo is like a dog name. Do not like. <laughs> and that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for always bearing with my accidental time off. I so, so, so appreciate it. As always, you can follow me on socials. I'm at RTPP podcast. Like I mentioned in the show, slide into my DMs if you ever want to talk about any of these stories or if you want me to cover a story on the podcast. You can also leave RTPP a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners find us here and I am ever so grateful when I receive a review. I hope you are happy, healthy, and safe out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.